0: Hello, everyone. Today, I'm thrilled to uh, be here with Lizzie Enns. Uh, Lizzie is a functional nutrition coach and CEO of Undiet Yourself. She's also the author of Escaping My Reflection and a speaker. Um, She's a former Amish girl who chose to jump for a better life and future. Now board-certified nutrition practitioner personal trainer, author, and speaker on a mission to make an impact. Lizzie helps people get more energy, get better sleep, and rebalance their hormones by focusing on whole body healing so their body can function as at its best. Welcome, Lizzie, to the podcast.
1: I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Anne. I'm so honored to be here, and I'm excited for this conversation.
0: So. I was introduced to you through a networking group and you gave a talk about your backstory and about your book. Let's start with that part of your life, although a um, full disclosure, you've spent you were spent half of your life in that story, but over half of your life in a totally different story. So but let's start with that story first.
1: Yeah, I, I'm like a I'm like a, a double agent here. <laughs> I, got, I got secret lives. I'm just kidding. Um. So yeah, I I did write a book. Uh, the book's called "Escaping My Reflection: A Pilgrimage from Suppression to Freedom," and it's my autobiography of me growing up in an Amish community. And you're correct; I was there for 19 years of my life, and it's been 19 years since i've left so long um it doesn't feel that long in in a way but in in some ways it feels longer it it almost feels like i've known this life more and longer than i did that life but then again you can never take take your childhood away so that that's always going to be a part of my life so i i grew up in the strictest form of amish community And uh, it was uh, sort of like I had this recent conversation with someone about where the Amish are sort of stuck in time. And it's right around, because he's done a lot of research on things, and it's right around 1860 is where they're sort of like stuck in time. It was like right before like the steam engines came out and they're like, no, 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 like that's too advanced. So they sort of like tossed things there. Now, there are some orders of homage that are much, much more advanced Than where I'm from, so when you really think about like where we were at and where my community was at, it was it's as strict as you can go. So we did not have indoor plumbing. We didn't have any running water in the house. Our, you know, our outhouse, We had outhouses. We didn't have bathrooms in the house. Um, I grew up on a farm, so farm machinery with horses, and we ride around in horse and Bucky. So very very hard work but it also taught me a lot. So, sure. yeah, it's um, it's something that I now it took me a long time to get to this place. But now I, I, you know, when you first leave, which we'll get into that story of leaving. But when you first leave, you're just like, I just want to get away from this as far as I can. Don't want anything to do with it. And so you rebel against all the things that you were taught. And now I've been out for long enough to understand like, okay, I, I got rid of the rebellion part of it. And I understand like why I was there in the first place. And now I also understand the value of it and what it taught me and how I'm able to bring that into my life. And it's made me who I am. And and I know and understand things in the, in a much different way. That's very, very concrete, like valuable things that you can't necessarily learn in the modern world unless someone like really teaches you so i'm forever grateful for the experience that i had there and what i learned and what it taught me sure
0: um when you were in that community how much of the outside world did you actually see i mean i know that um there are some communities that uh, shop in places like Walmart and are out there and interact with their neighbors and the people around them. How much of that influenced your decision to leave?
1: Um, it was the influence that I had to leave was more or less like what I didn't agree with within the community. I was drawn to the world outside of the community because we we lived on an 80-acre farm and, and our closest Amish neighbors were three miles away, which is very uncommon because a lot of the Amish people have Amish neighbors right next door. But we didn't. All of our neighbors were non-Amish people. And so I saw the modern world. I saw the cars. I saw, you know, all the things, the way people dress. I I saw all of that stuff and I was drawn to it and I was intrigued by it. But that wasn't necessarily the draw to get me out. It was what I didn't agree with within in the community. So we did shop at Walmart sometimes. We went to uh, certain grocery stores like Aldi. There was an Aldi there and we would go shopping there. So so we had contact. Absolutely. Because we we also on the farm that I grew up on, we raised a lot of Uh, chickens and had you know three to four hundred laying hens and then we sold the eggs to make money and then we had huge vegetable gardens in the summer and we did that in order to make money so then we had hundreds of customers that would come to us every week to buy these things from us so we had a lot of contact um, but it was still limited so you know I'm just thinking about like my mom she would, we would have non Amish women come ask us, like, hey, can your daughters come clean house for me? And my mom would be like, no, because she didn't want us to get introduced to the technology and what it's like inside a home that's that has all the modern technology and has TV and music cuz we weren't allowed any of those things and so we get introduced to it 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 might be a door so they would shelter you in that way to make sure that you don't then want to leave cuz they're they're not dumb they know that if you get introduced to some of these things the chances are very high that you want more of it sure sure so
0: You also had limited education in terms of uh, what you had access to there as well. Um, Everything was controlled. Then you decide to leave. So how did you transition in terms of, of your own knowledge and what you thought, what you could see as your
1: possible future? wow that's such an amazing question um because we i had an eighth grade education when when i left so i ran away when i was 19 like i escaped which is what my book's about that's why it's called my reflection um and the entire story is in there so if you ever anybody that's listening if you're like i need to know this entire story like go grab the book because you'll get it trust me um But when I left, you know, I had that eighth grade education and it was, you know, the basics, math, English, reading, spelling. But it still wasn't great because, you know, we we learned Pennsylvania Dutch was our first language. And so we didn't learn English until we went to school. But that English was being taught by the people from the community. So it's very, very slangy. It's it, it, the denunciation the and the pronunciation of things aren't very good. And I still have an accent and it's never going to go away. It's always going to be a part of me. But it's a lot better than it used to be when I first left. And after I left a few years after leaving, I was like, man, I got some work to do. So I I really worked hard on bettering my English and how I how I speak. But that was uncomfortable because when I realized that where I was and how little I knew, because I, I got to this realization like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot that I don't know. Not just as far as your vocabulary and your, your all of that stuff goes, but like the education in the world in general, the things that you don't know. So this massive culture shock happens. and. When that culture shock happens, you sort of like for me for a while, I sort of like went into hiding. I I felt like I needed to protect myself and I didn't want people to know where I was from. So I wouldn't tell people where I was from. I would just, you know, pretend like I knew things that I didn't know when in conversation, because I didn't, I didn't want to look dumb. I didn't want people to think that I was dumb. And I also didn't want people want to tell people where I was from, because if, if they found out where I was from, they might immediately think that, you know, I'm, I'm weird, or <laughs> I'm not, I'm not smart, or what whatever, you know, the thought process was when I was going through that. So I did a lot of hiding for a while. So
0: oh, well, yeah, so in other words, it was like you were from a different country with yeah. a different language, but it was in the United States. Yes. Isn't that wild? that's the crazy part. The crazy part is we don't think about the communities within the United States that are actually almost like living in another country. And there are other communities as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so it's fascinating. So when you left... Uh, What kind of support system did you have?
1: When I left, I left, I ran away with my, my boyfriend at the time we left together. And then his sister and her boyfriend left at the same time as well. And her boyfriend had, had years prior been gone for like eight years or so. And then he went back and then he left again. Um, I still don't understand why he did that, but that's none of my business. Um, So... (laughs) So there was quite a few people that I knew that had left a couple years prior to me leaving and I got connected to them. And then I had some cousins that had left as well. So I got connected to them and I, then two days after I left, I got connected to this couple, Jake and Anna's up and they brought me into their home and they said, Hey, you can live here, pay rent, you know, $50 a month on rent and will help, you know, get the things that you need, which is, I needed a social security number, I needed a job, I needed a driver's license and a car, I needed all of those things. So within two days, I have I had my job. And I started, you know, to generate a little bit of income, which I had never done before, never had my own money, let alone had a job like that. So I had to go apply for my social security number and buy my birth certificate in order to apply for that. I had to go through all of these hoops. I actually needed three forms of identification to get my social security number. And we didn't necessarily have identification other than my eighth grade education card was one that I was able to use. So I had to go home at some point while my Amish family was at church on a Sunday and get my eighth grade education card because there was no other way I was going to get it. Um, And then I had to go find my doctor, the the doctor that was my mom's doctor when I was born and get the medical records from their office because I didn't have any other medical records. So I got that. And then I went to the health department and paid $25 for my birth certificate. And that's what I needed for my social security number.
0: Wow, we don't, uh, what I take for granted, what most of us don't even think about. Yeah. Um, because, of course, it's there. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So now, over the years, you went back to school mm-hmm. and um, you've become a functional nutrition
1: coach. Uh, tell us how you came to that part of your life. Absolutely. So I had to go get my GED. So a few years after I I left, I went and got my GED because I needed that if I wanted to further educate myself. That was probably one of the most uncomfortable things that I'd ever done because I had never studied history, science, algebra, like nothing in on that level. So going to a classroom where you're like from an eighth grade education, Amish, non-culture person coming into this classroom is like, I didn't even know what an essay was. And I was supposed to write an essay. And I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. So I had an amazing teacher and she helped me. So that was a really, really good experience in the end. And then I, uh, while I was in school for my GED, uh, she, my teacher asked me like what I want to do. She's like, Lizzie, what do, you, what do you want to do? So it's basically like what you would ask your kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? Nobody had ever asked me that question before. And so I told her, I was like, I don't know, because I never been asked that question and I hadn't thought about it. So she's like, well, do you want to go to college? Do you want to be a nurse? Do you, What do you want to do? So that got my wheels turning where I was like, okay, I got to like really think about do I want to go to college? Or what what do I want to do? And at the at that time, I was working at a nursing home as a nurse's aide. And I just remember being in this patient's room and my back was turned towards the TV and I hear a commercial come on and they were talking about a nutrition degree from a college. And I like I turned around like real fast and I looked at the TV and I I pointed at the TV and I said, that's what I'm going to do one day. And so I, I build up from there. I did personal training first, and then I went into holistic health, and then I went into functional nutrition. So I just, yeah.
0: So tell us the difference between uh, like a, a nutritionist that, and we all hear the phrase and functional nutrition.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of overlap. Um, but if you you know were to talk to someone that is like a went to college and they got nutritionist degree, um that's that's slightly different than like functional nutrition. when when we're talking about like the way that I study functional nutrition is we're looking at the entire system of the body and how it all works together um and the nutrition aspect of that and your vitamins and your minerals and when one thing is off balance another thing is going to be off balance and how we can get that um pendulum to swing and like us to like kind of swing with that pendulum because that's what wellness is so it and and every practitioner will work a little bit differently too depending on what they specialize in I like to specialize in the hormones and, and gut health arena. So that's, that's where I work with a lot of people. And I really, where I find myself standing a lot is between like the the gap between the doctor and the patient. So a lot of women that most women that come to me, they've tried to get help from the doctor and they're just not getting anywhere. They've been, they've been told your labs are fine everything's fine. You're good. And they're like, I'm not fine. And they don't feel good. And they're, they're doing everything they can, but they're not seeing the results. And so they come to me and I do run different kinds of labs. And then I help them figure out, okay, here's what your body actually really needs. Because in the, in the pathological field, where the, the way that they look at labs is they're looking to diagnose you. And they're not necessarily looking like, where's the body deficient what what's deficient that needs to be brought into sufficiency because really honestly those are your body symptoms it's like there's a there's a deficiency of something or an excess of something and it's causing this imbalance in your body which then uh may bring your inflammation too high or whatever the case may be, and the body is so incredibly smart, and is always working on bringing things into homeostasis. And but if there's deficiencies or Xs of things going on, then that homeostasis is going to be off. And yet the body's trying to bring it back, but it can't. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. So that uh, we we think of a lot of that totally superficially. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so broad. Yep. So um w- I know you spoke about your own story, um, but I also think about all of the women uh out there who have all sorts of issues, whether they be weight issues or or um stress issues, where they are out of balance and do need that type of help. And you're saying that if people become balanced and there's a homeostasis, that some of the issues that they have can also be brought into a better place. Um, tell us more about how you came to this through your own experience.
1: Absolutely. So I I came from a background of extreme dieting, you know, try, trying to... Uh, Get the quick fix, and I tried all kinds of crazy things. And then I, I did excess, you know, hit training and cardio, just way too much for for my system. And then you pair that with trauma, you know, lots of trauma that you've gone through, and all all the things that add on to your your body. And so after years of going through some of that stuff, not even knowing that's what I was doing to my body, uh, I I was nine month postpartum when I got diagnosed with subclinical hypothyroidism. So I, I I was working with a naturopath and I remember like she did, she checked my thyroid and she checked my cortisol and some of those things. And when she got the results back, she's like, all right, you gotta come in right away. I said, okay. And she goes, you have sub, subclinical hypothyroidism. Like your TSH for your thyroid should be close to like a 1.0 to 2.0. And mine was at like 22. And I was like, And she's like, I don't know how you're standing here. So but I, I attested that to I did feed my body well, like I I gave it good food. And I focused on sleep as much I was, I was also a a first year mom. So like sleep, you get what you get, (laughs) right. But um, so I had to go on thyroid medication for that. And then the following year, like I, I was doing better and I was doing okay, but I had all these other types of symptoms where I was like, something else is still off. And I connected with a, a peer of mine who specialized in in autoimmune. And I had not even been familiar with with Hashimoto's disease. And she's like, Lizzie, I, I really think you need to get tested to see if you have Hashimoto's, which I was surprised my naturopath didn't, didn't check for, but she didn't. So I took it upon myself. And I did my own lab work through her and tested for Hashimoto's. And sure enough, I had Hashimoto's disease, um, which is an autoimmune, which is also connected to one thing, one thing to remember with, with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's disease, like this is Hashimoto's disease is your immune system attacking your thyroid because it thinks your thyroid is a foreign object in your body. And then hypothyroidism also like is your thyroid lives in your throat, that's your throat chakra. And those two things are actually connected to trauma and suppression of your voice. So at, over time, after a few years of like studying things and experiencing things on my own, I experienced that myself when I worked on healing from trauma and not suppressing my voice and actually speaking up when I needed to speak up and like letting my voice be heard. I was on, on thyroid medication for a while, but I'm not anymore. And my thyroid's doing just fine, as long as I you know take care of my my health. yeah,
0: so people who want to work with you, uh, number one, how do they um, connect with you? And then, what are what tests do you actually look at, and how do you assess the people who come to you and say,
1: "I want to work with you, where do I start?" Absolutely, that's that's a really really good question. If you want to connect with me, um, find me on Instagram, Lizzie underscore Wellness. That's that's my main hub, and I do free consultations. And I, that link is in the bio. We can also put it in the show notes if you want to. But you can book a consultation with me if that's a route that you want to go, and you're like, I want to see if that if it's a good fit. Testing that I do is I I do full thyroid inflammation markers. I check for autoimmune. I and check tons of hormones as well. And then your basic stuff as well, like your cortisol and your cholesterol. And although cortisol is not very basic because a lot of doctors don't actually check cortisol and and they should, um especially women, because cortisol is very much connected to your adrenals. And so a, a lot of people are in either adrenal fatigue or adrenal downregulation and they need some support with that. And then when I look at those labs, like I'm looking, literally like at a puzzle piece and I'm connecting the dots between all of them. It's never just a one type kind of thing. So like, if you're looking, if you were to go to the doctor and they looked at your thyroid panel and they said, Oh, like everything's fine. You're good. Their ranges are going to look different. It's not optimal where you want to see those ranges, but they're, they're trained to look for diagnostics they're not trained necessarily to look for where's the body deficient or what's going on downstream. So when I'm looking at, let's say someone has something going on with the thyroid, I look at, okay, but why is that? Like what's going on downstream? Is it connected to the liver? Is it connected to the the cholesterol? Because both of those are connected to the thyroid. So for the liver example, like you have these different sections of the thyroid, you're inactive, And then your active thyroid and the inactive converts into the active thyroid, which is then your metabolism feeder. And that conversion, like 60% of that conversion happens in your liver. So if you have things going on in your liver, there's a chance that your thyroid conversion may be affected as well because you have liver issues. So that's what we talk about when we talk about like downstream issues of getting to the root cause of things is your thyroid didn't just one day stop working or slow down. There was a downstream issue going on that caused it to slow down.
0: Wow. And of course, all of this takes years. Mm -hmm. And so often, as you said before, we want a quick fix. But it's not a quick fix. You have to understand that it's taken you years to get to your body to this point. And so it's going to take time for you to move in the opposite direction. And then how do you work with people going forward? Once you say, OK, fine, these are general issues
1: that we need to, to speak about. Then
0: yeah. how does your coaching
1: work? Yeah, I I work with my clients on a minimum of 12 weeks um, because I, I It's very rare. Now, some people, they do laps in a consultation and they're they're good with that because I'm able to tell them like, hey, here's where you're at and here are your next steps. But really, that's where people need help is they need help for a period of time in order to figure out what is going on because exactly what you said, it's going to take time and you don't always know what's going to work. So you have to, I like to work together for that period of time to figure out what is going to work for that person and we become a team in figuring that out and i've seen this happen so many times too even with people working with naturopath or functional medicine doctors it's like okay you go in for the appointment and you you get your blood drawn and you do the things and then they tell you like hey go do these things now and people are like well yeah i can but like there's no accountability there. There's no no check-in and no kind of like hand holding per se. Um, and not that I'm bashing them or anything like that. They're amazing at what they do, but I do find that those check-ins and that that um weekly accountability and setting goals and checking in to see like what they need to continue to be doing is very, very important for people's success in it. And then I also make it incredibly clear to people is like. You're not going to get everything done in 12 weeks. That's not the goal. The goal is for me to get you to a place where you understand and you know how to help your body feel good and you feel strong and equipped to move on on your own. That's the goal.
0: Right. And then integrate all of that into your life. So it's
1: not just oh, for, I'm doing this for 12 weeks and then it's over. And then it's over. No, like I, yeah. that is the last thing that I want people to feel is like, hey, I'm only doing this for 12 weeks and then I go back to what what I was doing before. No, it's a lifestyle change. It's not, we don't focus on dieting or anything like that. It's me. I actually teach heavily on going back to the basics of our nutrition. Like what it, what are the basics and what is good for for your body and, and understanding what those basics are. And then from there, I really like to teach people is like, listen, you got to have structure, you got to have structure and discipline around this as well, just like you do with your job. If you want anything that is incredibly successful, there's structure behind it. And those are some really, really good traits that I learned when I was growing up, we had structure, we had discipline discipline and we had a work ethic. And so it, we, I carry that with me and that's how I've built my health and how I have built my business is having structure and discipline and showing up for myself and seeing the value in showing up for myself as well.
0: That's so wonderful. And that's such great advice. And there are some of us who I have squirrel brain and discipline (laughs) has always been a challenge, but I've also been working on that as well. So you've, uh, you've talked about your past and you've talked about nutrition and being a functional nutrition coach. Uh, You've now also started a podcast. Mm -hmm. Tell us about uh, your podcast and your vision for your podcast going forward.
1: Yeah, so my podcast is called "I'm Not Fine," and the way that that really came about is I, I was talking to um I'm with Inspired Choices Network, Christine McIver, and we were having a conversation, and she's like, "All right, so what should what should we call this podcast?" And i and I tell her a little bit about my business and kind of like a how I explain to you how I work with my my clients and and who the people are that I work with. And she's like, I don't know why, but like, I'm not fine is just really sticking out. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's a hundred percent it because I'm not fine can be like so many different things. So my vision with that is like really bringing in some simplicity into of the of our dieting industry and the education behind that and just simplifying things there. That's one. And then two is also like, it's okay. Like if you're not fine, it's okay for you to talk about it. And Uh, and say that you're not fine when you're not like that's part of it as well that and then the other part exactly what I told you like you went to the doctor and you're like I don't feel fine and they're like but your lab say you're fine and you're like but I'm not fine like there's that piece of it as well it could go into motherhood it could go into all of these different arenas um but I do bring in some of the uh background stories of the Amish culture as well So I'm bringing that piece to it, too.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to hear more. And we also spoke before the podcast that uh, your book will also be
1: in audible form. Yes. So So, it's going to be available in July. That's that's when it's going to be available.
0: Excellent. Well, I have the hard copy, but I can't wait to uh, download the audible as well. Um, because I truly want to hear more. So just for our listeners, all of your information will be in the show notes, but share with us where people can find you.
1: LizzieNs underscore wellness is my Instagram handle. So you can find me there. You can find lots of good health tips and some some Amish stories in there too. So you can find all of that stuff there. And then LizzieNs.com is where my book is. And then on Facebook is Lizzie Youngs.
0: Well, I encourage everyone to uh, definitely look at uh, the show notes and connect with you. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've learned so much and I now have thoughts in my own mind about where what I personally need. So that's always encouraging. But thank you so very much for being my guest today.
1: Thank you for having me. It was an honor.
0: Thanks for joining us, please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.